You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. With Max Harris this morning. Kia ora, Max. How are you? Kia ora, Rachel. I'm good, thank you. How about you? Pretty well, thanks. What a time in politics. It feels like there's so much has been squashed into the first couple of months of this year uh, that it's almost tricky to know where to to start on the map of things that are going on. But let's talk about Tetiriti first, because that is a very constitutionally important document for Aotearoa that the government is potentially looking to make some big changes to or some perhaps uh, big moves towards. I would just like to know, first of all, what's your impression of what we've seen from the rhetoric of this government around tetiriti? Yeah, my, my personal view is that um, it's, it's, we're seeing quite a concerning direction from the government on tetiriti. So in particular, the Treaty Principles Bill, which is part of the government's coalition agreement, um, essentially is about uh, redefining the treaty principles and tetiriti itself. I think the key point for people to bear in mind with this bill is that it's really about uh, attacking Tino Ranga Tiratanga, Article 2 of Tiratiti, sometimes defined as ultimate authority for Māori over what matters to Māori. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, this, this bill is trying to replace Tino Ranga Tiratanga for Māori with chieftainship for all New Zealanders. So that is quite a sharp uh, shift. Uh, mm. Christopher Luxon, Nicola Willis have said that the treaty is New Zealand's founding document, that 1840 was the birth of our nation. And I think if they really believed that, um, they would be uh, revisiting whether this bill is a good idea. Yeah, it's a very interesting uh, very interesting bit of kind of passing the buck that we've seen happen, particularly looking at Ratana last week. Uh, mm. Chris Luxon's very carefully worded speech about, um, mm. you know, supporting the treaty as a document and as that constitutional document. We are seeing, of course, the big push from this coming from David Seymour and the ACT Party. What, what do you think this says about the balance of power or the way that this, uh, I guess, three-headed government we've got um, is actually shaping up at the moment? Yeah, you're right. There's obviously been massive outpouring of, of opposition, in particular from Māori, but also from treaty experts and non-Māori at Rasana and at the, the Tūranga Waiwai, uh, who we are more to as well. Mm. Um, what I think this shows is um, that... Uh, Luxon and National uh, were, were keen to do everything they could to get into government um, because they'd initially said before the election that they wanted to, to rule this out. Um, and as it happens, that the Treaty Principles Bill ended up being in the coalition agreement, albeit that um, National has said that they will only support it to select committees so that they wouldn't let it pass as a law. There's still a little bit of doubt and uncertainty about that, but I think it, it possibly points to Chris Luxon's ambition. It also shows, as you're sort of hinting at, that uh, ACT has quite a lot of leverage in this government with quite uh, a strong, perhaps, reactionary agenda. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it really raises questions about um, the Prime Minister's judgment uh, and his ability to 
um, foresee kind of how much division this was going to cause. Mm. It's going to be a big one, so we'll come back to this topic. But, uh, you know, there's other big things to get stuck into. AUKUS. AUKUS, uh, do you want to explain to us what AUKUS is all about? We've seen Judith Collins and a few of our ministers head over to Australia to have some um, big conversations with their counterparts over there. But let's start at the beginning. What What is AUKUS when people are hearing this acronym thrown around at the moment, Max? Yeah, this is an important one. I'm glad we're talking about this. AUKUS, so that acronym just stands for Australia, UK, US, AUKUS, and it's a military pact that uh, brings together initially these countries to fund uh, nuclear submarines at quite a high price tag for Australia, uh, over 300 billion Australian dollars. The idea of it is to contain Chinese influence in the Pacific by ensuring that Australia has these high-powered submarines and um, in partnership with the UK and the US. Where this bites for Aotearoa New Zealand is that that's pillar one of AUKUS, the nuclear submarines part, but Mm. there's been talk of a second pillar, um, which is about uh, so-called interoperability, that's sort of how military and technology systems fit together across different countries and there have been real moves by Australia, the UK and the US to try to bring New Zealand into pillar two of AUKUS. Um, There's been quite a a bit of commentary on this but what I would say is there hasn't been so much public debate Mm. and one concern that's been raised by critics is that there's not actually a public mandate for this. So Judith Collins going to Australia with Winston Peters to talk to their foreign minister and defence minister counterpart about potentially joining Pillar 2, but this wasn't flagged before the election as, a, as something that the National Party wanted to do. Um, there hasn't been a lot of public debate, and the concern is that this would inflame regional stability, in, uh, instability for the Pacific. Uh, also, it might imperil New Zealand's nuclear-free commitments, because as some yep. critics have said, there's no real part of AUKUS that's not non-nuclear. So that's, those are some of the concerns. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That Do you think there is going to be public pushback if we do start to see the ball roll further down that course? It'll be interesting to see. Um, generally in New Zealand, foreign policy kind of happens in the shadows. Um, you know, it happens with Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade. It doesn't happen with a lot of public debate. I think, um, you know, the recent... Um, events in Palestine and New Zealand's joining um, of uh, a combat force in Yemen um, have led to quite a bit of public opposition. So I think the public is more sensitised to to kind of what we're doing overseas in New Zealand's name. And I I think we could see quite significant pushback to this. Um, But it's a bit of a question of of how much lead-in time the national government will give, the national-led government will give, and um, how much public debate um, there'll be an opportunity to have. Absolutely. Let's get into another big. Uh, let's get into another big uh, sort of series of letters here. UNRWA, United Nations Relief and Works Agency. Uh, New Zealand said that we're not going to be putting any more funding into that. This was a Winston Peters decision again. Uh, Helen Clark has been really vocal in her opposition to this. Of course, she's uh, worked on the UN Development Program. Um, as an administrator, and uh, she said she thinks this is very unwise. Just to wind it back a little bit as well to get an explanation mm. of what this is all in relation to, uh, what mm. what is UNRWA and, and why are we stepping away from those commitments? What does that actually mean, Max? Yeah, so UNRWA is a, is a UN relief and works agency that was set up um, essentially when... Uh, the, what's, what's called the Nakba occurred. So uh, when uh, 
hundreds and thousands of Palestinians were displaced from their lands uh, when the state of Israel was set up after the Second World War. Uh, it was set up to support Palestinian refugees in uh, the occupied territories of Palestine, West Bank and Gaza, but also in Jordan, Syria and Lebanon. And if you go to Palestine, um, as I did about, uh, just over 10 years ago, you'll see UNRWA signs up everywhere. Mm. So um, UNRWA funds schools, uh, UNRWA funds hospitals. It's essentially a, a kind of equivalent of um, a, a local government uh, funder because there, there are many refugee camps across Palestine, which are essentially towns. And UNRWA is a key funder of these. Now, to, to give some context here, what's been said by around 10 countries is that um, there are allegations from uh, Israel that 12 members of UNRWA, there are about 30,000 employees, that 12 members were involved with the 7th of October Hamas attacks on Israel. Uh, and those 10 countries, I think in particular led by the U.S., um, have paused funding, as you said. Now, New Zealand's position on this is actually a little bit ambiguous. So, um, Crystal Luxon has said uh, New Zealand won't fund UNRWA until uh, Winston Peters is satisfied. But actually, funding wasn't coming up for a few months anyway. So, mm. I, I think we've got a little bit of a fudge here where Crystal Luxon's sort of wanting to send the right signals to this group of countries um, and has indicated a kind of direction for a pause. But the position's a bit unclear. Anyway, to come back to it, the, the reason this is so worrying is, as people will know, we've got a humanitarian crisis in Gaza um, amid Israel's repeated um, continuing bombardments of Gaza. Uh, 85% of people in the world facing extreme hunger are in Gaza, and uh, UNRWA is, is a key support agency. And so what, what uh, people concerned with this decision are saying is that uh, this is actually cutting off funding uh, collectively punishing Palestinian people um, for potentially the um, unconfirmed actions of, of 12 UNRWA employees. That collective punishment term was the, the term used by the UN Special Rapporteur on yep. the Occupied Palestinian Territories. So that's the concern. On the other side, the claim is that um, you know, UNRWA is, is, uh, ha has had some connections to the attack on 7th of October. But I, I think it, it, that is a, a small number, 12 out of the 30,000, and this has the potential to um, really have horrific consequences on Palestinian people who are already in a very difficult situation. Absolutely. Crikey, there's a lot to get stuck into, Max. Thank you so much for helping us wade through it a little bit this morning. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to um, <laughs> dig into then as well, but take care until then. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Back thanks. Bye. You just heard a bit of political commentary. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.